As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. I'm Ari Wasserman, joined by Dave Ubbin and my arch enemy slash closet <laughs> friend, Ralph Russo. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, from the AP, sorry about the delay on the show, guys. Uh, the Michigan news just broke, and when you have somebody from the AP on your show, when news breaks, you have to wait. So, it's Ralph, literally Jim pre- Harbaugh's fault. Literally. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Everything Ralph, is Jim so Harbaugh's fault. Hey, thanks, guys. I very much like closeted friend has a lot of like, in, that's, there's, that's, there's a lot going on with that. I, like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's weird. I like to say frenemy. Like, I think in many ways you're like frenemies. Like, I, I think like it's a good adversarial relationship, but we both respect and, and in some ways love each other. Well, the good news is, is that I'm having you on the show a week after I think I went on a rant that you agreed with wholeheartedly, which is, I think, the first time uh, in, a, in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of days after you uh, just were effusive in your praise of Dan Lanning. And, like, I am – this is a place where we are completely simpatico. Like, I am a go-for-it guy, maybe over the top, maybe almost to the extreme. Me like too. I even, yeah. Like, I even give my – like, I even admit that maybe I'm a little too aggressive when it comes to mm-hmm. that. But for part of what you said, I'm also very analytically oriented when it comes to like my sports approach and fandom. So, yeah, I was totally on board with what you said, like, go for it. Go, go, go. It says it, 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 it says good things about your team. And I also think like the whole like my gut instinct, you know, forget your gut. Go with the numbers. Right. Like you play poker. Right. Ari, like there's a there's a strategy to poker. That has nothing that I'm sure to a certain degree, like you remove your gut from it and you sort of play the cards. It's all math. Yeah. Yeah. It's all math. Like play the odds, man. Just play the odds. And if you go all in on a hand and the other person calls and you are mathematically in, in advantage at that time, and then the cards come out that cause you to lose, that doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. Right. You can't be results oriented. So that's my whole thing. And and I'm happy uh, that, there, I, I just like think that it's, if you simplify it, it is 
try to get two yards for the team that has more than 500 yards of offense to win the game or punt the ball and give it to a Heisman candidate on the road. Like, which one do you want to do? I yeah. think it's very simple. If yeah, you want to read more about that or you're, or you're into it, I wrote a column uh, basically echoing those sentiments that Ralph shares. It's on The Athletic right now. But why don't we get into the news of the day, Dave, as we no, navigate by the, way, hi, we Dave. Into the picks. Hi, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Um, Ralph, I, I, we have a much more simple relationship except Ralph. I will never, ever vote for the top 25. I just hope you know that. That's okay. okay. (laughs) We're done. We're we're okay. We're topped out. We're fine. That's good. That's good. Well, I do think that there is something. um, If you are a voter in the AP poll, that that is like a a feather in your cap. I think that that, that's like a legitimizing thing. So, you know, and I, so, so that said, I don't think Dave should vote. Um, So why don't we, (laughs) why don't we get into this Michigan stuff real quick? Ralph, I'll let you start. Uh, What was your reaction to this? And I know you just had to work and get the news out onto the wire. Um, What did you think? Yeah. First of all, kudos to uh, Ross Dellinger and Dan Wetzel Mm because they beat the announcements. I mean, the, the announcements were in the pipeline from the big 10 and Michigan, but they had the news out there first. So again, hat tip to them for breaking the story. Uh, Michigan is being investigated for sign stealing by the NCAA, which there's not necessarily a rule specifically that says you can't steal signs in football, but you can't in scout, you can't scout in person in college football, your opponents, your future opponents. And I guess the allegations stem from basically somebody dropped a dime on Michigan and said, hey, I think they got our signs and we have to figure out how that came about. So it starts in the NCAA. There's also, you know, rules against like unsportsmanlike activities and integrity of the game that could be going against Michigan here. Uh, The Big Ten acknowledged it. They said that they were notified by the NCAA. And Michigan has acknowledged that they've been notified by the NCAA that this is going on. Michigan sort of did the, hey, integrity is important to us. We're cooperating with the uh, investigation. And that's where we are. But I feel like there's just like a a why can't you be normal aspect of Michigan and Harbaugh going on right now. There's just like there's always seems to be something with them over the last really for the last few years, I mean, especially in the last year with the NCAA stuff, but it's just always, there's always something going on with Michigan. Well, Michigan's head coach isn't normal. And I think that a lot of times a program is the image of their head coach. And I used to think that the lack of normalcy in in Ann Arbor was a detriment to them. And it seems to be a positive after the results of the last few years. I don't, the thing that I think is so interesting about this guys and Dave, I'll kick it to you after this is, how much of a competitive advantage do you actually glean on the field by sending somebody with a flip phone to Lincoln, Nebraska to watch them play? Like, it's like you get this word cheating that is flying around now because whenever stuff like this happens, but it's like, are you really cheating? Like, is it really that big of a deal? And if it's not a big deal, why did you even do it? Like, it's just weird. I feel like it's just bizarre. Yeah. It's a weird, it's, it's a weird situation because first of all, I do recall when I first joined this company, I quickly heard not long after I had agreed to join that Bruce Feldman was also joining us. And one of the first big stories that Bruce did at the athletic was about the culture of sign stealing and sort of this sort of wink, wink, how they do it. Who's good at it. What does it mean to do it? That part of it has always been amorphous and that part of it is always kind of part of the game. And and if you're at a game and you see, the coach is holding up the black tarps behind the signers. 
that is so that their signs don't get on the all 22 game tape. That's why they hold those things. It's not so people can see them or to block the audience. It's to block the all 22 cameras in the sky so that you can't see their signs and see what they're playing. Right. So sign stealing, I always have believed if you can figure it out live, that's part of the game. You need to have better signs. If somebody from your team leaves, whatever, change your signs. But there is a pretty explicit rule about going to scout in person. That's a bit of a are you pregnant situation. It's not a uh, gray area. It's a pretty binary situation. Yes or no. Did you have somebody that collects paychecks from your team, from your athletic department, in the stands at a game where they're not supposed to be scouting? Not, well, they only videoed the signs for two minutes, whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of sort of unanswered questions there, but I do keep coming back to you, Ari. Like, at the end of the day, you broke the rules probably if you had somebody at a f- opposing stadium. But I also don't think, one, that this really matters all that much. Two, that it changes how I view Michigan or their accomplishments thus far. Or three, like, it means a whole lot moving forward. Like, well, if they can't do this, then Michigan is due for a dip down. Ah! And I think there's all these schools There's, you know, I think what was uh, in our shop, uh, Brendan Quinn reported that, um, you know, the Big Ten presented Michigan State with evidence that the coaches knew what the play was before it was coming. That might be true, but a lot of coaches know when a lot of plays are coming and it's about getting your guys to recognize it and know that, too. You could figure that out just by film study. So the fact that I don't know how you can prove that that's because they stole signs or whatever. A lot of teams have a lot of tells with a lot of different things. So I, you did, if you did have a person there, you did explicitly cheat, but also I don't really care all that much. I don't think it matters that much. Um, that seems to be the theme with Michigan. Yeah. You, you technically cheated, but no one cares. Kinda, <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm before. at on this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the context is on this. You know, li- mm-hmm. listen, Brent Venables, right. And Clemson were, were, the ones that got a lot of attention for possible sign stealing, right? That was, there was a big deal about, you know, sort of like, Hey, like we think that one of the reasons why Clemson is so successful is because they're good at this, that they're good at this part of the game. So I, again, like I, yeah, I'm with you, Dave. Like I, I'm not saying like, Oh, you broke the rules. So we shouldn't care, but I have a hard time kind of contextualizing how important it is to yeah. do this whatever penalty it is well the reason why it's it, impossible but... to contextualize is because you don't know exactly you can't quantify how much of an advantage it actually right is. you yeah. can't quantify the yeah. advantage yeah and i think so it's, it's different like, than like the astros thing where knowing what pitch is coming before it's thrown is the whole thing a baseball guy <laughs> yeah, but that seems like, like a huge advantage i've yeah. played enough super mega baseball on well i don't know i mean if you know what play know. is coming if you know that they're running the ball to the but right, there's and you're 11 on defense. people though. But there's 11 people. If a coach knows that, relaying that to all 11 people. And yeah, like how are you conveying like that? The, the piece is like it, there's too many moving parts. And like I said, you can know what play is coming if you're a coach or a coordinator or whoever. They know what play is coming a lot more than you would think. But it's getting mm-hmm. all of your guys to recognize on film the same right. things that you see on film, making sure that they can like. You can't relay, you can't recognize a play and relay a call fast enough. Like, that's not a thing that can happen. But, like, there's just a lot of, like, there's a lot of unanswered questions with all this. But at the end of it, I don't see, like, a monumental impact other than you have maybe the number one team in the country explicitly cheating. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, 
Yeah, it, it might look worse and feel worse and play out worse than it is. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, listen, you just don't want them. Cheap. I also, I, I don't know. Like, part of the first, one of the first things that jumped to my mind is like, I, you know, I don't know if people love Harbaugh. Opponents. Yeah, there's something to that. So I, I do wonder if. And we, you know, I do wonder if like, oh, if we think he's doing something, we're going to be a little more aggressive about trying to, you know, trying to rat him out. I, I hate to say rat him out because that makes it pejorative to the people who may have turned him in, which is, hey, listen, if you're cheating, you're cheating. You deserve to get caught to a certain degree. Yeah. But I also wonder how much that dynamic is of like, you know, we just don't like those guys. Yeah. I, I always like wonder, too, of just like how likable Jim Harbaugh actually is to like everybody. Like, is there something about his personality or the way that he acts that causes people to not like him or do people like him? Like, I don't know if I have an opinion on it. Like, is he a villain or is he a hero in the sport? I think the people that work with him closely get worn down over time by the hardball from what I understand. But some all really ever really love him to death. I mean, like yeah. you know, people who are in on Jim and the what are the general life? fan? If you're a Utah fan, do you like Jim Harbaugh or not? I'm going to say No. Um, but I don't know. Well, I mean, right. If you're an Ohio state fan, it's obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of if you like UCLA, like the, I don't opinion? think he's a coach that spawns a lot of strong. I think that he's strong. He spawns interest, but I don't know that he spawns a lot of strong thoughts. Now when the satellite camp stuff was going on, which has been lost to the annals of history, when that stuff was happening early on in Harbaugh, you know, is sleeping over at, uh, recruits houses and talking about, you know, chicken as a nervous bird and, uh, talking about how much milk he drinks and all this stuff. He seemed like that that first offseason, he was making headlines like every week. He was pulling a Dion, basically. I feel like a lot of people got annoyed, but then they started losing, and he started he sort of like calmed down a little bit. Wasn't making nearly the same headlines. That first summer, I feel like a lot started, of people got annoyed. He started losing. Yeah. When you start yeah. losing, you can't act that way. I've been wanting that, that Harbaugh to come back. I have too. We've seen it a little bit, but not as much. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the born the, on third base thing was a glimpse of it, but I want to know like – but the nervous bird thing is just hilarious. Like, are, I, want, I, I just want to hear other thoughts that he has. <laughs> well, I'm with you. Like, I love Harbaugh being part of college football, even though he, he causes a lot of news um, at sometimes inconvenient moments. Um, but I like his persona. I'm not close with him. I don't know if many people are who are media, but I – I find him entertaining and in some ways, I don't know if I would want to cover him all the time because that sounds like it would be really difficult. Well, there's no access. Yeah, no. there's no access. So, yeah. Um, but he is he's an interesting interview. It's hard to contain. You never know. Like sometimes he's great. Do you sometimes. think he's a good interview? That's no, the no, thing no. that I've come to resent he, about him. He's an interesting interview because you never know if a question will set him off in an interesting direction. Yeah. But there are also times when you're like, I got nothing out of that five or 10 minutes. Oh, like I feel like it's me. always nothing. But there are times when I think if you hit the right button, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was interesting or cool. I just have a hard time if I'm not able to have a discussion with somebody about anything. It's like there, there are times where I would ask him regular questions and he'd just be like, I don't know what that means. And then that was, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. No. Like, what do you, like, what do you, how else yeah. can I make it clearer for you? Like that. But also, too, like, whether I like him because he helps me with my job or has access is right. completely right. irrelevant to the people who watch the sport. So, right. Um, but, but I, I think the polarization thing with him was, I think because he came in with, it was simple. He just came in with so much hype, people wanted him to fail. 
Like that was, I think it was as simple as that, as why he became yeah. sort of this like hated or whatever polarizing figure, because like here was the savior at Michigan, a program that a lot of people like to root against anyway. And mm-hmm. you can't beat Ohio State, you suck, right? It was as simple as that, right? It, it was it was hours of fine bomb conversation about like, hey man, that guy is overrated. Why does he get so much money? Mm-hmm. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hail to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering <laughs> heroes. Hail, hail to picks week. Let's get to the games. Was that pretty? That was it was a great art. Let's stay in the Big Ten, right? Okay, how about this real quick? Why don't you guys let me? That was 15 minutes of Michigan talk. Let me just formally welcome everybody to the pick show in the Until Saturday feed. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Anything that you can, wherever you're listening to this, whether it be in podcast form on Apple or Spotify, or if you're live on YouTube, we go live three times a week, Thursday for picks, Saturday for reaction, and Sunday for the Sunday sound off show. Anything that you can do in any of those three feeds or two feeds, any of those three things you can do, comment, share, subscribe, all those things help the growth of the podcast. And they're certainly appreciated. And if you leave a five-star review with a question, we will do our very best to make sure that that question sees the light. Uh, of the show also on sunday sound off show uh a big element of it is your voicemails your opinions your thoughts please leave a voicemail at 316-462-9852 again that is 316-462-9852 um we will get your opinion your your hate mail your love your thoughts your conspiracy theories anything you have to say about the sport your participation in that episode makes it what it is and i and Dave, uh, really, really appreciate it. You can also text that number too, but please call. Your voices are much better. All right, guys, what do you say? Should we should we get into the picks? Do you want to start we big? Should. Let's just start big. Okay, we start big. Right? It's the it's inverted massive. pyramid. The inverted yeah. pyramid. <laughs> um, which might be a Egyptian hieroglyphic. I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. Ohio State at home, big noon Saturday. Penn State. I think the biggest test, obviously, for both teams this year and the first piece of context we're going to get on this three-headed Big Ten East race. Mm-hmm. Is Ohio State elite? Is Penn State better than they've ever been? Uh, is Michigan still the star of the show, even though they're cheaters? I don't know which one it is. Um, what do you guys think? Ralph, you're the guest. You're very good looking. We'll start with you. What's your read on this game? Uh, thank you. Um so not a lot of points, right? We're not expecting mm-hmm. a lot of points in this. Um, that's been the – I think there's more questions on the offensive side for both teams, right? Penn State is, for some reason, like incredibly efficient. Uh, Durala hasn't thrown an interception yet as a first-time starter. 
Say it but, again, baby. But they can't, but they're also not breaking off big plays, right? He's averaging like 6.9 yards an attempt, which is like, what is that all about? Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Singleton was like a big play machine last year. I think his longest runs like 25 yards. And on Ohio State side, um, I, you know, that offensive line is not really what we're looking for. They're not running the ball well. We don't know Travion Henderson's status. Like, so what's going on with that running game? So I'm assuming like not a lot of not a lot of offense here. Um, I mean, I'll go right to my pick if you want. Like I yeah. I found myself wondering if like, like, okay, how am I going to assess this game? I think I'm going to take them points first of all, because I think it's going to be a low scoring game. But like, if I have to pick a winner, like in a game where I don't know where the offense is going to come, I will take the, the, the team with the single best offensive player, right? What's the team that has the guy who I think can make something happen on his own. And actually I think Ohio state has the two best offensive players in um, Harrison and Emeka Buka. Who may or may not play. Let me say who this may or may not play. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to say this. I want everybody to know who's listening that the lines that are presented, the gambling lines are presented by bet MGM. I, I had to say that. Um, I think that that is a very interesting dynamic, Ralph. And I think I'm with you. Um, if I had to make a play on this game, I probably would bet the Penn state team total under. Um, I think that that is very attractive, but Here's my problem with Penn State and how I break down this game. Is there a single fan that isn't a Penn State fan in college football that can name a receiver on this team? I, I mean, don't know. You're, you're basically saying what I just said. I, yeah. I, I just yeah. like, who is going to make a play? But yeah, that's, that's what it. I'm saying. Who's going to make a play? Yeah. And here's the thing Ohio State, I think, is just my gut feeling when watching this team. And I know we've seen them beat Notre Dame, I know we've seen them pour it on Western Kentucky. But my gut is that this team is probably the worst version of itself until proven otherwise that they've been since 2016. That doesn't mean they're not a playoff team, but I don't think this is a extraordinarily dynamic football team. Like you're talking right now about we're not going to see a lot of points. Usually the expectation is that Ohio State could score 40 on anybody. So like the fact that they can't, I think, is an alarming thing. But that said, they've got a very good defense. So when I'm picking this game, I know both teams have very good defenses. But, like, I might just pick the team with a good defense and Marvin Harrison. Like, I think it's like it might just be that simple. And, you know, I know people call me Ohio State lover. They call me an Ohio State hater. I have a really hard time talking about Ohio State without, like, figuring out which side of the spectrum I'm going to be on. But when I look at this game, on the road at noon, Marvin Harrison, if Emeka Buka plays, and I know that Ohio State's top three running backs were injured last week, um, they haven't a quarterback that has some big time experience, but not many. I still just think it's Marvin Harrison on the defense. I, I think I'm going to pick Ohio state um, to win by five. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it will be a very good game, but if I had to guess, I think that the over under for the team total for Penn state is 19 and a half. Um, I think I would hit that under all day just for the team total. I don't think they're getting to 20. All right. I wanted to ask you this about Ohio state. Cause I find it very interesting. Uh, first of all, I think you're sleeping a little bit on Dante Cephas just for the starters. Uh, second, did you have to go look up his name or did you know that coming into the show? No, I knew that. Kent State's finest, Kent State's finest. Anyway, he was awesome at Kent State, by the way. I know, actually, it's not clicking yet at Penn State. It's one of the reasons why they're having some issues. I think it's just uh, he came in late. I don't know if it's if it's there yet. 
Maybe not. But this year, or, or this week, Ari, myself, Nicole Auerbach, Justin Williams, we talked to coaches who had played these two teams. And there's an interesting dichotomy that emerged from all those conversations. And then almost every coach we talked to that played Ohio State said the secondary is weak. They can be gotten in the secondary. And yet, the secondary still ranks very highly in pretty much every metric that you can rank in. Now, I think this is interesting because it's possible – there's two explanations here, Ari. Is one, the coaches are just wrong and are you know not looking at the film right or whatever. Or two, the numbers are lying a little bit. And this Ohio State team has played some good quarterbacks and Sam Hartman and Talia Tagovailoa has not played any real receivers yet. And I'll listen to the under the the, the case that maybe Penn State doesn't have the receivers to beat them. Uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But what did you make of Ari? The because Ohio State fans are furious. Like these coaches are idiots. Our secondary is awesome. What what did you make of the coaches' comments and the reaction to a lot of those from our coaching confidential speech? Which, as a, a card carrying member of the athletic staff, I would encourage you to subscribe and read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting story, and I also think that it's really interesting to get the viewpoints of other coaches that play them, but also might be skewed by personal relationships, recruiting battles, resentment. Like there's all sorts of different things too that go into the analysis other than this is my wholehearted belief of what's going on here without any bias whatsoever. Like, you know what I mean? It's like somebody like asks you like, Dave, what do you think of Max Olson? And I'm sure that, you know, everything <laughs> that you would say would be glowing, but maybe one time he didn't pick up a check at dinner and that bothered you. Like, you know, there's like things that, that, <laughs> Max that would happen. never. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think Ohio state has played anybody good this year. I also don't think that Penn State's played anybody good this year. Ohio right. State's played Notre Dame. Notre Dame oh, well, that is that fine. That depends on what you think about West Virginia. That depends on what you think about West yeah. Virginia. Yeah. I mean, Virginia there's, there's three good teams in the country. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they beat Notre Dame on the road. You can't take away credit for that. That was a, that yeah. was a wonderful game. But Notre Dame doesn't have the pieces at the no. skill position players to test yeah. what you're talking about. I would agree so with it's that. It's really hard to, to you know – I, I don't know. I think that everybody thinks that Ohio State's secondary is really good. They've got really good, highly recruited players, but I think that they have got a, a weakness at corner. Um, I think it's possible to get them. If you play a team that is really, really good in the way that I think you're really, really good, you need to score 40 points. And the fact that we can't definitively say Ohio State's going to score 40 or 38 points in this game is terrifying if you're an Ohio State fan trying to win a national title this year. I think so, the other uh, thing that's jumped, that's, that jumped out to me is multiple coaches we talked to also pointed to the tackles. And we're like, tackles are not good. Their and offensive Penn tackles are, or the left tackles, really bad. It. Yes, oh, and Penn yeah. State leads the nation in pressure rate, Ari. And I yeah. think that if there, if there is a roadmap to Penn State winning this game, it starts right there. In that, who cares about Marvin Harrison if you can't get, yeah. you know, can't get, get Kyle McCord more than three seconds? And Notre Dame also didn't pocket. have a defensive end that could blow them up, or Penn State yes. might. Yes, so. they do. And I, so you know, to get to the pick, I, I don't know that. that Penn State gets all the way home. I like them to cover here. I think they can win. If they do win, it will be because of that defensive front. And I feel yeah. very confident. Saying Ralph, that. you had a point you've been trying to make. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. No, that's it. That's just that's the path to victory. The path is Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac. Mm-hmm. And they, they're just they've got like four or five guys. They got like three or four NFL future NFL edge rushers. Mm-hmm. And they get to McCord and you know, they the game gets mucked up even more. 
and game over. And But I do think – and also, like, can Drew Aller be, like, protect the ball guy against Ohio State? Like, it's one thing to be protect the ball guy against Iowa and Illinois. Can you just be protect the ball guy against Ohio State and win? Like, you, like, I, like I don't know if like, – because at a certain point, you're going to need to take a shot somewhere. Yeah. Right. You're going to need to try to make a play. And are you still the guy who hasn't thrown an interception at the end of this game when we're asking you at some point to make a play? Well, I also, we have, to, we have to make a team total under Ari. I don't know what that would be, a 24 and a half, something yeah. like that. We, we, we need to also take into account that Penn State is second nationally in sacks. And Ohio State ranks like 111th, which is uh, weird, right, Ari? Yeah. Like, because you pointed this out too, and I and you are overly critical on Ohio State. Let's just get that make that clear. <laughs> however, however, but I am also is he the guy well, that called in last week? Dude, it's, it's your it's it's. I've told you this a thousand times. You've lived a long time in Columbus, so you have buck nuts brain a little bit. It's not your fault. It's just like it's contagious. Sort of what, yeah, it's just sort of what happens there. Listen, I got my brother lives in Columbus. I spend a lot of time. There. Does he have buck nuts brain? He is not. It's a long story with him. He's just, not. He doesn't really care about Ohio State. Yeah, but it's just Bucknut's brain is contagious to other things like it, it finances could, it could, and, it could, and love. It could seep into other things. <laughs> I think the no, I kind of love, but yeah, I think you're overly critical. But I come up with that same that same thing point that you just made. Like this defense is really good. Why don't they sack the quarterback? Why well, they don't also they have multiple five star defensive ends? That That's just what I'm don't saying. Get home. Like yeah, like JTT is going to be a maybe a late first rounder and Jack Sawyer was a fight. Like people are telling me they're playing well. The statistics say they're playing well. Why aren't, why aren't they getting sacks? Like, is it the way they're playing? Like what is going on with that? So that's a big flag for me too. The thing that I've had the hardest time with watching Ohio state this year. And I know that their defense is much improved when they played overmatched teams, they didn't wreak havoc. And I don't think there's a statistic for that. I don't know if there's like what there what literally is. Sorry, it's there literally is a havoc stat. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying like, and not just that, but I mean like, even when the ball carriers get get downfield, like they don't yeah. arrive. Like when I say havoc, I mean like just dominate them physically in every aspect of the game to the point where they can't even hold on to the football. You know, and they're no, playing Youngstown you. State, and Youngstown State's getting this eight nine minute drive in the third quarter. It's like you're playing a JV team here. Kick their ass. It's like it's like there's something that's just not adding up to me. So like here's the thing. I think Ohio State's going to beat Penn State. I think Ohio State's going to cover the spread. And after the game, we'll talk about it. But I would not be shocked at all if Ohio State lost. In fact, yeah. I'm kind of nervous about my pick. So like that like to me also too we have to make a a point that Penn State has historically played Ohio State closer than the spread. But they don't like, even but they don't, they don't but in a four-point spread, instead of it being 16 and a half, 17, like it's been the last few years, maybe there's something too. Like Penn State has played better than Vegas anticipates that they'll play. And I would in a four-point spread, maybe that means a win. I don't know. I would just I would just say this, Ari, my 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 my, my uh, closing statement. I was all ready to pick Penn State to win this game since the beginning of the season, and I haven't seen enough of Penn State's offense to be confident that they can take advantage of Ohio state. So that that's where I am. I, w- I was like waiting to see a little more at a Penn state, a little more at a Penn state. I haven't quite seen it. I think, I think they can win. I think they can win. Listen, I'm telling you to take the, take the points. So obviously I think they can win, but 
I just there's something about Penn State that's just when you say there's something about Ohio State, there's something about Penn State's offense that's just yeah. missing in this game. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the the one thing that people have a hard time with is that I think the entire country would like to see Penn State win. I think that the entire notion of this season is new blood. Who's going to win? Nobody knows who's going to win the national championship. And Dave and I were having a discussion before the game started, Ralph, uh, or before this podcast started about how we had to give our mid-season playoff picks I did and how too. difficult that was. Really that, was a, that was a very difficult thing. So if Penn State were to win this game, you have a new legitimate playoff contender that people aren't even taking seriously yet because they have never like Nicole Auerbeck sent me the stats, like the stats of like James Franklin. And that's the other thing that we have to take about count this game. And I don't mind going long on it because it's the game of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but James Franklin has failed repeatedly in situations like this. He is three and 15 against top 10 teams at, at Penn state. And one of those was a Rose bowl win over Utah. He is one and 12 versus the top 10, uh, versions of Michigan and Ohio state. And he's zero and nine for top 10 teams on the road while at Penn state. So it's like, do you worry about him as a game manager? Is he going to throw a fade to a five, seven receiver with no time left to win the game? Like what's he going to do uh, in this game to help Penn state win? Like that's the other aspect of this where it's like at a certain point, you got to do it. Two years in a row, they blew leads again in this series, right? Uh, 17 and 18, 18, 17 in, in uh, Columbus, 18 in uh, yep. Happy Valley. I may be insane games. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth. They you and I were not one of them together. Oh, I think we're both of those. I covered both yeah. of those games. Like yeah. the one game where Saquon uh, uh, opens the game with the, um, a long kickoff return yep. or second, second, second kickoff of the game. Both of those games, they had pretty substantial leads in blue. Now it hasn't been quite as, that it hasn't been that lately but i don't know man that you're right i mean this is the stuff that makes penn state fans crazy like mm-hmm. we had this very good program one of those games was the game that elicited the we're a great program or we're a great team but we're not an elite program from franklin i'm paraphrasing there that's hung over him and like for the last six or seven years since he said it like because then penn state fans turn that around and are like okay why aren't we elite are we elite yet are we elite yet why aren't we elite yet, James? Like, we're great, but why aren't we elite yet? You just got to say it a bunch of times, like PJ Floyd. So uh, your official pick is Penn State plus four. Dave, you have? I'm going to go Penn State plus four. I'm going to take the points. Okay, here. I'm laying the points here. It's moving. It's four and a half now, according to BetMGM. Over, under, 45 and a half. Are you guys both on the under? I, I picked the score, and I think it was 23-20. So, yeah, I guess I'm on the yeah. under. Yeah, probably. I, that number is probably about right, but I think – if you don't want to take a spread, I think taking whichever team you think you would take the team number on or you would take the, the points on, I think taking the other team's point total under is a pretty good bet. That's kind of what I do. Yeah, I think that's a fair that's a fair thought process here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move on to some other games. Maybe we'll Third go – Saturday uh, in October, Ari? It feels really good. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> there's only been one, one weekend this year where the games were at, in my opinion. But like I, I think the game missed the reference to that to the rivalry. When you what did you say? Saturday. When you said third Saturday in October, Ari's not from the south. Uh, uh, yeah, the he south. was referring no, to the, the Alabama. Oh, no, I'm, the Alabama Tennessee no. rivalry is called the third. I'm Saturday not from the south. Rivalry. Oh, I thought they were just talking about the Saturday. Okay, yeah, you want yeah. to start Alabama minus nine and a half. I don't know anything about college football. Thank you. This so is my much. favorite thing. It's not a uh, great name for the rivalry, if I can be fair. No, it's yeah. not. Alabama. Uh, Minus nine and a half against Tennessee. 
is Alabama on a collision course? Like, Ralph, like your whole thought process before the year is uh, pick Alabama by default. Uh, I don't know who's <laughs> going to be good on their team, but they're Alabama. They're the most talented team in college football. And it's the first time I actually disagreed with you. And it's like, are you going to be right? <laughs> like, I don't know if they're going to win the national title, but are they going to? They're going to be in Atlanta, right? Like, are we going to find out? I, I think they're going to be in Atlanta. Um, yeah, listen, I, I just in times of uncertainty, pick Nick Saban. Like, look at what's going on in the SEC West. Like, if you're if you looked at that pool of teams and decided like which one of these teams is going to emerge, uh, Alabama is, uh, and I've used this line before but I'm going to use it again here. Alabama is trying to fly the plane while building it uh, with around Jalen Milrow. Like, okay, like we're going to throw deep. We're going to run the ball a little bit, but we we actually can't run the ball that well, which is the amazing thing. Like we thought, oh, it's going to be murder ball, Alabama. They're going to run Jalen and they're going to run behind the side. They can't really run the ball either. They, yeah. Like they, they run it okay from week to week. Tennessee's defense is pretty good. The other thing that's interesting, Dave, and you're there in the backyard is like Tennessee is, is a completely different Tennessee from last year. Like if you've, if you haven't been paying close attention, which clearly Ari has it, um, <laughs> they're the opposite. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that I Tennessee, watched one Tennessee game this year and it was a bloodbath. Yeah. That Tennessee game team that set off fireworks figuratively, figuratively and literally what I have here though. Neyland last year. <laughs> you see that? Is that a Jalen Hyatt uh, yeah. rookie card? Rookie card, yeah. Right. You got weird, you got a weird guy, man. Like I've got, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a sports card collecting edition. Look at this one. Like that's an investment, though, for you, right? Like you think Jalen Hyatt is one day going to be an investment? Huh? Yeah, you're weird, man. Like you just, did you ever have um, what were those things? Um, uh, like the digital token thing no i never did that no i didn't do that you didn't invest in those either no i i I, crypto are you crypt did you invest in crypto no okay i didn't understand it okay well that's good if you don't understand it you don't go there that's a good i think that's a good way to be an investor yeah i I don't invest always just felt like a scam to me and i don't know if it's over yet i don't know if we're done with it but i the thing i never understood was and warren buffett said this because i'm i'm very interested in investing and then we'll get back if you bought all of the land in the entire world, you would be the most influential, wealthy person on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. If you bought all the Bitcoin in the world, it'd be worthless. Like, like that to me, like was like, yeah. okay, I don't want to buy this. Like that was that. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Uh, anyway, uh, long story <laughs> short, I'm taking I'm taking uh, Tennessee in the points here. I think, but again, I think Alabama wins the game. But I think this is going to be a slog. Like Tennessee yeah. is like a run and defense team, and I, I, like. You know, good luck blocking James Pierce, uh, Alabama's freshman left tackle. But but nonetheless, like, I think Alabama figures out a way in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, Alabama, are they even capable, Dave, of playing in a game that's not a slot, a slosh fest? Not this team. And it's going to ha- – here's the thing. Tennessee last year led the nation in passes over 30 yards. This year they're 94th. Yeah, it's just not the same. <laughs> it's, it's just, just it's not the t- This is not the Tennessee team that we're used to. But I, I don't think people realize how good Tennessee's front is. And uh, from our friends over at True Media, Alabama's offense allows pressure to the quarterback, 39.4% of dropbacks. That's 120th nationally. Tennessee's defense generates pressure, 42.6% of dropbacks. That's seventh in the country. 
I don't love Alabama's odds moving the ball here. Uh, I think Tennessee's defensive front is very strong. I don't think either of these teams are going to be able to score a bunch. I think the under is the is the play here. But if you want to parlay that under and the Tennessee points, I wouldn't hate that. And I think the road here for a Tennessee win, if it can happen, is you just get a Joe Milton A-plus game. The Joe Milton that we saw in the Orange Bowl, I don't know what happened to that guy. He looked incredible in that game. Uh, I don't know how often we're going to see him. He has not been very good this year. Around here, there's a lot of, like, Nico questions <laughs> that are, are, I think, pointless to even have. It's not going to happen. Playing um, Ari's music right there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's This is too many well, points. This is too Nico many doesn't points. look physically available to play. Yeah, I would be worried about his, his, his health. Tennessee covers, um, and if you get an A-plus Joe Milton game, they can win. Did but you watch you- the Arkansas-Bama game with your group chat or no last week? I did. Also, insane oh, undercover, by the way. <laughs> Incredible. But for a minute there, when Alabama had it going in the second and third quarter, it's like they were three plays. They were running up and down the field like, go shit through a tin horn on them. And then at the end of the game, Arkansas kind of had their last minute like dead cat bounce. But, like, is it possible that Alabama gets it going like that again except doesn't not really push at the end? No, Arkansas don't think so? is not very good. First-year coordinator, they don't have the, the pieces. They've lost a ton to the portal. But it didn't again, it seem like like Milrow was starting to kind of feel himself a little bit in that game in a way that, like, might because be. Because Arkansas secondary is not good, Ari. That's just the reality. Tennessee secondary has come alive. Kamal Haddon is playing unbelievable football right now. You, you know, uh, Ralph shouted out James Pierce. Uh, Tyler Barron is still a really good uh, uh, piece there. Omari Thomas, they're really experienced, really big. They got a bunch of pros up front. I mean, Alabama's offensive line, I think we can say is bad. And that is going to make this absolutely ugly. Ugly, ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to win. But again, I'm not like, I can't see Alabama coming off a loss against Tennessee is going to now lose in Tuscaloosa. And I think Mm -hmm. what you're, what you noticed, Ari, with Milrow and that, like, I, I think it's just the nature of that offense. They're going to take some shots. Mm-hmm. They're going to hit a couple of them. He throws a beautiful deep ball. And, and, and he really and does. He throws a beautiful deep ball, and he has the ability to, like, get out of trouble, and all of a sudden, like, the play you defended perfectly is a 35-yard run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that ability gives them enough to make a few plays and win a game. You know, they're be- Tennessee is a lot better than Arkansas, but I could see this playing out a little similarly to that. And again, to me, nine and a half, that was like, I'll take the big Unless, of course, Tennessee just doesn't score, right? If Milton throws a couple of interceptions <laughs> yeah. and all yeah. of a sudden Tennessee gets 10, now where you're in trouble. You don't think that 24 to 10 is on the table here? Of course it is. Of course that's it that's is. my pick. That's my Maybe. score. I'm, take- I'm laying the points. Alabama <sighs> at home in a revenge game. Um, on its way to Atlanta, tiptoeing down. I, how could I possibly have you on this show, Ralph, and not pick Bama? <laughs> after the after the argument that we got into over text of a few, it was ago. just amazing to be arguing with Ari. Like, well, what if I just look at the talent composite and pick <laughs> that team? Yeah, and he was angry at me for for taking that philosophy. It just seems so weird. I wish I could go back in time and remember what the context was, but it felt like in a world where. They didn't have any, like, all the reasons why I told you not to were basically Dave's talking points and the reason why Alabama isn't very good this year. Um, But also the team that I would have picked in the uh, SEC also stinks. So I just, like, I thought there were too many other good teams to pick to win the national championship that didn't have as glaring of the issues. (laughs) But, like, listen, I don't even, I will say this, Ralph. You and I discuss this all the time, dating back to last year, the year before. 
I can sit here with a straight face and tell you guys both right now. I have not even the faintest clue of who's going to win the national championship this year. So you which is a very invigorating that. thought process. Yeah, I, I and so I had to do the same thing, the midseason pick, and I just defaulted to chalk. And I didn't even pick Georgia before the season. But like at this point, I was like, uh, I think I'm just yeah. going to take Georgia and Michigan to play in a national championship game because sure, also, why not? Yeah. yeah, like I'll just default to the teams that I think are the safest. That was my which is every single bowl projection that you'll find. But yeah. like that's like the hardest thing about it is like we're gonna watch the Ohio State Penn State game on Saturday, and it's the first piece of context clues that we'll get for who's the best team in the Big Ten. And like it's like Michigan might not be the best team. I mean, I don't know, maybe they're not, maybe they are. I, I have no what idea. Worth, like, in our coaching confidential, pretty much every coach was like, Michigan's a lot better than both these teams. Okay, well, we'll that's see. That's what I keep thinking too, yeah. by the way. I keep thinking that's what that. I, also, that's what I see. It's what the eyes say for sure. Before yeah. Bowers got hurt, I also found myself thinking like maybe Georgia is better than all these other teams. Maybe at the end, Georgia ends up being – in other words, the separation we're not seeing now, maybe it, it comes in November. The end of November, we're like, oh, yeah, these two are the best two teams. Okay, yeah. what's the uh, cool nickname for the USC-Utah game? <laughs> they don't have one. I believe okay. it's, uh, yeah. it's so the. So can we just pick the USC Utah game? It's the Salt USC versus getting the its ass Ocean. kicked game. Is that like <laughs> physically getting dominated by a tougher team game? Is that USC laying seven at home over under fifty four? Uh, USC to me after last week strikes me as a very deeply flawed team that's not very good with an outstanding quarterback and Utah. Maybe like Notre Dame light a little bit or Notre Dame ish. Like I don't Notre know. Dame uh, is a good is a good descriptor for Utah. Who's who's laying seven cool. after that? Well, I mean, that's one of those that's one of those those uh, fishy line situations, Ari. Where yeah. like Vegas might know Utah can't score, and that's I think the thing. I mean they're going to be this like Utah they can, is, this week. I well, promise like, you that <laughs> Utah is the is the logical endpoint of how bad does an offense have to be to be able to score on this USC defense? I, I, it feels to me like it has to be better than Utah. I, I'm going to take USC in the points here. Hartman picked them apart. Bryson Barnes is, is not going to do that. I don't think that's going to do that. We are venturing into sort of Iowa waters with Utah's offense. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, you got you to be serious to say that. No, I, no. You got to watch more numbers. Utah. Are you? They no, are, I have, I have. Yeah, yeah. they had a, they had a nice game last week against Cal, and it, and, it, and it lifted up their rushing stats. There but are man, no like, nice games for Iowa. Is the point, dude? Like <laughs> they're playing a safety at running back. Their best tight end is now out. Like it's not. I'm not. This is not like me do, like bashing them. Like I would bash Iowa. Though Iowa's had a lot of injuries. Iowa too. has dead last in total offense this year, and Utah. To your point, just looking it up, ranks number one seventeen. So they're about sixteen, eighteen. They're in the category. Yeah. You're in the ballpark there. Yeah. Now listen. You also have no quarterback. You've had running back injuries. You've had tight end. Like, you've just had injuries everywhere. Like, they're piecing it together with, like, bubble gum and toothpicks here. Like, so that at least gives makes me think, like, there's a path here for USC to be okay. Mm -hmm. But there is also a path for Utah to just bludgeon USC, which is the what they usually do. Like, they, we're just going to line up and we're going to run our safety 21 times. Sione Vake, 21 times. And you know we'll get 180 yards out of him. I, I, I don't know. I, I so I'm taking. I, I feel like you know how Scott Van Pelt does his like winners, and it's all underdogs. 
That's what I feel like this week. I am taking all the points. I'm taking all the points. I'm taking <laughs> Utah here. Again, I'm not sure if they win the game outright, but USC, if I, who are they covering against? Well, they, I've they've been sounding the USC alarm for two weeks now. I told you eight and four. This team is going to finish eight and four. Yeah. If they finish eight and four, I'll give you your flowers. I said, who is laying seven points? I, I'm, I'm going to lay the seven points. Uh, I actually think that USC's day is coming, and I think the day of reckoning is, is coming. I just don't know if Utah – they don't have Cam Rising and they don't have Dalton Kincaid. Like their offense is not what it was last year. I think the bludgeon them for four quarters – you know, even so, USC's was scoring all over them in, in Vegas, and it took Caleb Williams' hamstring injury. Like, I think at home, a year after they ruined their chances of going to the playoff, coming off of a loss, you know, I, I just think that this is a very hard spot for Utah to be in, very much the same way that it was a hard spot for USC yeah. to go to Salt Lake at night last year. It's um, like a 41-20 sort of situation here. I actually think that USC is going to be fine this week. Too. USC is going to be fine this week, and then the bad times are going to start in a few weeks when they start playing Washington, Oregon, and UCLA all back-to-back, yeah. which, by the yeah. way, Ralph, would not be out of the realm of possibility for them to lose all three of those games. Yeah, like, I think right. that, that like eight and four could still happen even with a win on Saturday. Yeah, I'm penciling them in for winning this game. I, I do think they'll win this Stop game. Stop like, covering. Like, yeah, like mid they'll get into the mid-20s, and that'll be too much for Utah. Yeah, I think like I'm with I'm more on, on Dave's side of this, um, 41 24 ish type of a game maybe um and usc covers this so but i do think it's kind of a trap line because like the morale around that team it's kind of like who really really feels all that good about usc but um, sounds like an alt line special ari we've been yeah. hitting on these we've been yeah. riding the michigan alt line <laughs> um okay how about we just use that segue you know from utah to iowa iowa is laying three and a half points dave wrote an absolutely insane column this week uh, about <laughs> iowa being closer to the college football playoff than we all like to realize. It's um, true. Three and a half points. They're they're last week, by the way, giving Iowa 10 in that game was like a financial gift. It was kind of yes. like a stimulus check. It's yeah. like if you want to, all you have to do is sign up for it. But and a lot of people don't sign. I signed up for the stimulus check last week <laughs> and I got it. Um it is did you stand and salute at the 82 yard touchdown run, Arnie? <laughs> By the way, I got to tell you, I went like one in seven in our actual <laughs> picks that we have to have to <laughs> submit at the athletic. I was like 12 and four last Saturday in like real betting. So, like, I feel really good about it. Um, you got to remember, guys, we're picking the biggest games. I don't always play the biggest games. Yeah. So maybe one day I, I got a buddy, Tyler Shoemaker, on Twitter that I follow deep in analytics. That guy you, is you, uh, you, Yeah, you turned me on to him. He's now one of the guys. He's I very go. good. He's one of the guys I go because I like so I don't bet. But when I make my picks in print, like I kind of want to be right. Like I don't want to yeah. just guess. Yeah. So I'll use like two or three guys whose numbers I, you know, feel like I'll just compare the numbers, comparison shot yeah. to see if there's a trend. Cause I'm like you, I don't pick. Have you been following that, his plays though? The guy hits. Yeah. And I don't pick like, I'm like you, like in print, I have to pick the big games. Right. So I don't, and he doesn't play those games. Yeah. So I, I again, <laughs> I, I don't want to look like an idiot in print. So I try to put some research into it. And yeah, all gambling is, is trying to use the, the, as much research as you can and using people that are crunching numbers and stuff is all part of the research. And I think that it's very revelatory, by the way, shout out to my guy, T shoe handing out Jacksonville state money line the other night, plus two seventy five. <laughs> 
Daddy got oh, it, man. baby. Love that I about you. I can't believe you. they're putting this game on national television. This is the worst thing that's aired on NBC since the Friends spinoff, man. This is terrible. Uh, this is my Sicko's game of the week, but I got to say, three and a half points is too small. It's, you can't just pick Iowa as your Sicko's game of the week every week. <laughs> you know, but this week I have to. Right? Also, this line might be twice as twice as small as it needs to be. I think six is plenty to cover. Six nothing Iowa in this ball game. Uh, they almost double the line. So congrats to. Uh, I don't understand how this game isn't being played in the snow. Like this is just like a this is a cold weather game. Bring it in. There's a place here. You never uh, there's know. Over in Pigeon, there's a place over in Pigeon Forge where you can go snow tubing inside every day. Uh, they bring in the snow and you can go down this snowy hill on an inner tube. Can we get those same people to get this I'm, going? And, and I just want to make enough money week? in my life where I can buy a timeshare there. In Pigeon Forge? Yeah. Ari, aim higher, my guy. Aim higher. Yeah. They should bring in a snow machine. This would be, or, like, can we conjure up just a big rainstorm again? Can we just – this game has to be played in gray, gloomy weather. I'll take <laughs> Iowa to cover. I will. Like, three – I don't – like, Minnesota's got no offense. Iowa will play its, you know, yes. punt to win game. Like, I think I picked it in print something like, you know, 16 to 11 or something like that. It's always weird off numbers, too. It's never just like nine to three. There's always like a there's always like a weird odd. Yeah, there's always a possibility of a scoregami with like the scheme of the century. Are you got five to two? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly find it wildly entertaining. I enjoy watching it. I I. I don't know. I don't like watching the, it. I, I have it on like my eighth screen, usually on Saturday. It's like the Leonardo DiCaprio drinking a beer, pointing at the television meme to me. I just like, oh, they need to get a first down. <laughs> like, it's like fun. I, I don't know. I'm into it. If I want to see how far this team can go without improving. If they weren't actively undermining themselves offensively, it would be a little <laughs> more interesting. If you just say, hey, like they're just bad offensively this year and they got a bunch of injuries, but they're working around it and still being no, they're, successful. They're, they're all no, in they've on this. chosen this path. This is yeah. the path they have chosen to play offensively. So they forced to work themselves around and it. And on but top it of it, Ralph, they did, have a, to. they did have an injury at quarterback too. Like, no, it's right, like on, right. on top of it, they it happened. And it's still like – not better or worse. Dude, so they're, they're playing like a vending machine at quarterback now. Like, and you want to lay two scores did. or score or three and a half. Uh, yes. I think that Iowa, my prediction at the beginning of the year was that Iowa would not reach 25 points per game, but they would retain Brian Ferentz. I think you're right. And I think this is exactly what's happening. So I, I don't know. Minnesota Northwestern Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska, they're going to the big 10 championship game. Yeah. And Minnesota, well, listen, I'll let me put you on high alert Minnesota, here, Dave. Minnesota might be bad, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Minnesota's been, like, actively. Yeah. I think that's I, one of the I have reasons. to say this. The one I think that's criticism. one of the reasons. Uh, let me just say, I, I think that's one of the reasons why PJ's name is popping up in some of these coaching searches things, is that yeah. he's looking to, like, reset the button, reset that contract button. Like, he may have already peaked at Minnesota. Anyway, let me let me. Yeah. From the that. one thing I will say that I disagreed with, or, or mm-hmm. not disagreed with, I, your column was very entertaining and true. But four quarters away and what Iowa is are very different. And second of all, when you have an offense that scores this little, you are susceptible to losing to anybody. That's you true. Can't, you can't look at the schedule and be like, well, they play not, they could certainly lose to Northwestern. 
they certainly could lose to Rutgers. Yeah. If you're so a team that can't score more than 14 points against anybody you play, you're one weird kickoff return or pick mm-hmm. six away from losing a football game. To no anybody. doubt. So no we'll doubt. see if they actually get there. But every single week they win 11 to, to 6 or 11 to 9 <laughs> is just another week where – and it's like – I. Does Kirk Ferentz feel good after those games? Like, does he go into so. his office, light a cigarette, and go, I told those fuckers? Like, I, I don't even By the know. Way, I will say the trend, the trend lines on these super low unders, like the 35 and under club. Yeah. They They're hit hitting it like 75%. Like, the, these crazy low unders, like, it's not too low. The, the line is 31 in this game over under. Can we get to sub 30 with this Iowa team at 31. some point this year? Maybe the Northwestern game. Didn't it? Yeah. It has actually been okay. Year. Northwestern, no, no, they haven't gone under 30. No, uh, <laughs> this is like historic 31 and a half. I mean, that's like Army. Navy. I haven't seen anything lower than that. Yet. Army that's Navy insane. shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) <laughs> Our next game's up. Clemson minus three at Miami. Uh, this is an interesting game for multiple reasons. Uh, Miami's season has kind of bottomed out ever since Mario Cristobal forgot how to run the clock out, and Clemson's trying to show some life two consecutive wins after losing a heartbreaker to Florida State. Uh, Ralph, let's start with you. What's your thought process on this one? Yeah, first of all, remember, Mario, that was a choice. He didn't forget anything. That was a choice. That was an active choice to to not kneel that ball. Um, so. I don't know, man. I'm stuck on this. I think Miami might be good. And they're at home. And they have a chance to sort of bounce back and write their season against a team that still hasn't found itself offensively in Clemson. So this, I don't really have a good reasoning behind this other than like I'm taking everybody's points this week. Um, And a home dog. Yeah, I guess I'll take that too. Like, I picked Miami to win this game. I can't even really give you a good reason. I, again, like, know what my good reasoning is? I've checked some of the numbers, guys, and like, it seems like this is a closer game than three or three and a half. I saw the number at three and a half at one point. So I'm going to take Miami, and you guys feel free to t- talk. Here's to here's my my case against that. The Clemson team that I watched play Florida State. Mm is better than whatever version of Miami you have in your head. Yes. Now, I don't know if I don't know if if Clemson is ever going to get that again, but I feel like going on the road against a team that people think is good is a pretty good opportunity for them to assert themselves as uh, not a team that's bottoming out. Like I think if Clemson lost this one again, like I, I mean I actually thought it was really alarming that Dabo went on that rant about well we need to lose some more to lighten up the bandwagon it's like that's loser talk like that's like uh, this is a man who knows it's kind of bottoming out I think I don't know if Clemson is there yet I like Clemson minus three um, but also don't feel good about it at all would never yeah, play this in real life in yeah I, I think Clemson's not particularly great but it, this is a game like Miami's burned me I was with you I was with you. Um, Ralph for on Miami for a lot of this season. The second half last week broke me. It broke me. I'm out. I'm I'm sold all my Miami stock. Can't keep riding with these guys. 
Also in the chat, Daniel Garrett. You can't, up, we can't uh, the break you because no. North Carolina is good, man. Yeah, but I thought they were going to win that game or at least put Me up too. a fight. Miami, fold, Miami folded in the second half of that game. That was ridiculous. Tez Walker made them look ridiculous. So Daniel Garrett hit up the set I was going to throw out there. I don't know how at this point Mario Cristobal has not won an ACC game at home. That's hard to do. I know Miami doesn't have the best home uh, atmosphere in the country. It's a little stale. It's far from campus. All those things we've talked about. Give me Clemson here. I, I just I I'm I'm done with Miami. I'm done. There needs. To, I don't know if we could ever do this like as a media can like Ralph will get you involved. We'll get Andy involved. But like, what if you just rank ranked the top ten coaches that you have no confidence in on Saturdays, but have all <laughs> the confidence in the world every other day of the week? And like, I think that like James Franklin and Mario Cristobal would be the top two on that list, maybe. Can I take us off on a little bit of a tangent here, Ari? Sure. We're 57 minutes in and haven't picked half the games yet, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) You and I talked about Mario last year, and I think, like, I was a little harder on him than I – like, I didn't want to just give him a mulligan, but I did. I I understood, like, hey, man, like, these aren't my guys. This is not what I'm building here. I'm building something that needs a couple of recruiting cycles. But, like, I still found myself thinking, like, hey, man, your job is to take the team that you have and win a couple of games and not ah, just be like – Colorado. And not, <laughs> and, not, and not just – well, no, no, okay, you don't understand what I'm saying. In other words, the team that you arrived to the game with. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Mario seemed to be like, these aren't – these guys aren't tough enough. Get these guys out of here. This season doesn't mean anything. Oh, by the way, I'm going to lose to Virginia or whatever the hell they – you know, yeah. they, they beat Virginia. And I didn't really want to hold that against them because, again, that's like a, okay, long-term build. This is not – we're not here to to just make the independence ball. We're here to build a championship team. But now I find myself thinking, you know what? Maybe I should have held that against him last year because maybe what we're seeing this year is more of like, dude, like when do we see it? Like when Mm -hmm. do you take the team that you have and get the most out of it? How long before you built enough that we can actually – Well, and I think that the Oregon fans when he left would tell you – like it's the same thing. It's like I don't know. Sometimes I don't – I have a hard time between – deciphering between bitterness and reality. Like when Oklahoma fans said – Oklahoma fans said, wow, we're better off with Riley. He stinks. It's like they might actually turn out to be right. Um, No way I would be buying it the, the day it happened. That said, you heard how loud Oregon fans screamed, thank God we don't have to deal with him on game day anymore. And it's like, even though he only lost one game, not running out the clock this year, the fact that he never took a knee at all makes me hate everything he did in all those games. It's like, I know not all of them were one one possession games, but man, it's just like, do something that makes me feel like having you on the sideline calling the plays is an asset to your team on Saturday. Not... But this is the game. In other words, like, I want to see it. Like, I understand you're only in the middle of year two. But, like, Clemson, there's nothing that is supposed to be that spectacular about Clemson. This is a home game against an equal opponent, right, against a relatively equal opponent. Like, give me something, Mario. I'm not giving up on you completely. In two years, your roster could look like freaking Alabama is the way you're recruiting. But, like, give me something to make make me think that if you relatively equal teams at home you can win and like you know you and i have have bashed about the stars ralph but it's just like yeah stars matter but if you are a zero on saturday they're not going to matter enough it's like give me something before they arrive to make me think well when these guys come we're going to be awesome 
And it's like, yeah. it's not just year two. This is year seven because you have to use his Oregon resume. If we're talking about what do you do on Saturday, the yeah. Oregon resume matters too. It's not just yeah. year two. Okay, let's get to a few games. We'll go quicker now. Yes. Uh, Florida State minus two, uh, minus 13 and a half against Duke. Uh, Florida State, We when we had to do our um, middle of the season college football playoff picks was a team that I reluctantly left off. Um, you and I, I feel bad again, about right? it. Mm. I put them in. I put them in. I didn't. I didn't. I left them out and felt like weird about it, too. If, if, yeah, it's, it's weird because I don't know who's going to make it. But, you know, going into it I also, too, it's just like if you think I'm wrong about that, I agree. I probably am. Like, I have no idea. It's like it's impossible to take nine or t- how many. There's 12 teams that have a legitimate playoff uh, resume or or argument right now. How do you whittle that down to four and not piss somebody off? It's impossible. Yeah. But well, also, too, like this is a spot where Florida state can get another win. I don't know if Duke is number 16 without their quarterback, but um, yeah, this line moved a point Ari. So it feels like yeah, maybe, Vegas, maybe Vegas believes that Riley is not playing because I think it's as simple as if he's playing, they're going to cover this. If he's not playing, they're not going to cover it. I feel like yeah. it's just that simple. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Duke in the points here again. Again, this is me all with all these games. I'm just taking all these points. I, I, I don't think Duke wins even with Riley Leonard. Uh, without him, I mean, they threw 12 passes last week. That's not going to work. That's no. that's that's not going to work against Florida State. But I do think Duke is good enough to hang around in this game to get a cover here. I, I do sort of suspect that, like, they can muck this thing up with or without Leonard that I'll grab, like, if I can get 14 and a half points here. <laughs> you really think, seriously, you really think that that's going to put your kid through college? That like, someday, like, you think that like, anything that I do is going to put my kid through college? I mean, betting the Jets seven to one on Sunday wasn't a college decision, but it worked out pretty good, you know? <laughs> and you're a Jets guy, right? You're, you're a Jets I, I guy, right? Happy. Yeah, I was happy. Yeah. I turned it on like three plays before the interception that set up the winning touchdown. Um, yeah, I'll take so if you want to go fast, I'll take Duke in the points, but I think Florida State will win. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave's College. Is there yeah. a cool nickname for this game? Mizzou minus seven against South Carolina. Uh, I believe it's the battle for Columbia, if I recall. Uh, winner That's gets right. to be the Columbia. Columbia of the SEC. Who was the original Columbia? Well, just based well, on the colonization of the United South States. Was the yeah, first state probably, yeah. probably. But I don't know if, if, if all the towns and first of all, by the way, you're like laughing at me, like I'm supposed to just automatically know that. If you gave me like a history of geography test of like what states came first, how could I possibly know that? Like this is that like Ari versus manifest stuff? destiny? I don't know anything about that stuff. Yeah. Like. Is that like a thing that like every adult knows? Like the succession yeah, of states? I mean, yes, it's all just start from the I'm north down. and then go down and circle. And go I know, down. but isn't like That's Missouri kind of on the way down? Like I don't know. It's not like it's like it's not like Utah. Missouri, I mean, way all... west of South Carolina. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, but also oh, man. too, just because the state was first doesn't mean the city was first either, right? Yeah, I don't actually There's know the history possibility of the two there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it's not impossible, but uh yeah. let's not get too deep. I into could not the, I could not pass a high school a some, high school history test right now. There's so. there's some dark history in Columbia, Missouri. We won't get into the origins of the of the Missouri Kansas rivalry. Hey, but, but wasn't Arizona the last state or was Alaska the last state? 
Oh, uh, Arizona's won the last one. I'm pretty sure Hawaii was the last state, Ari. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, I'll, I'll take Missouri. South Carolina has the worst pass defense in the country. Yes. I'll take ever, since the, ever since the 1800s, they've had a terrible pass. I'll defense. take Luther Burton and Theo yeah. Weiss against those guys. Exactly. Yeah, this is the one game where I'm actually taking the taking the number. Yeah, I'll, 120th I'll, in yards per attempt, South Carolina's pass defense. And that watching them against Florida last week, I was just like, Ricky Pearsall torched him, Graham Mertz torched him, uh, Brady Cook's better than Graham Mertz, <laughs> and Theo Weiss and Luther Burden are a lot better than Ricky Pearsall. Arizona was the last continental United State. Yeah, good continental. Good sure, job. good job, Ari. There's the problem. There. Is that there's two more states are that are in America? So yeah, Continentals, all I care about those people out on the island. They can they can figure it out. <laughs> all right, next game, real quick. West Virginia minus three and a half against Oklahoma State. Dave is laying the three and a half. He thinks West Virginia is a national title contender. Uh, what do you think, Ralph? <laughs> um, God, this was a ridiculous game to try to pick. Like I feel like you could put these two teams on the field for like three weeks and they would stay within about a touchdown of each other. I'll take. Take West Virginia. God, and you know what? Screw it. I am going to take Oklahoma and take them points too. Like I'm just, I'm seriously, I'm just, I'm yeah, just, just run the table the in Morgantown. Well, all right, all right. Yeah, no, okay, I'll just have, take the points. Like that's like this game is twenty-one twenty, right? This one's just like whoever's home. Stillwater is a really tough place to play. Morgantown's a really tough place to play. Both of these fan bases are sort of weirdly, kind of happy with what's happening. And West Virginia has won me over. I'm I I am just convinced that West Virginia is a competent team. They're a tough team. Garrett Green gets it done here. So but also I, too, Oklahoma State's been like completely playing over their heads the last few weeks too, right? Yes, they played really good football. Beat the heck out of Kansas State. Yeah, I watched the entire Kansas State game, and I was like, "Is this the way this game's supposed to be going right now?" No. Um, Oklahoma that, uh, State. How how that West Virginia game uh, turn out for you last week, Art? <laughs> Which one was that? West Virginia the Houston Houston? game. Might have Am I forgetting something? West oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I'm trying to move on past that, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We were no, no. pull behind the curtain. We were in hey. a group next on that, and Ari, you know, decided to, and Ari decided to take a victory lap before the Hail Mary. I sent, I sent the gambling <laughs> chat my ticket before the game ended, which is like a gambling no-no. Um, and then I just was like, I'm, and then Max, like, then somebody said something else. I'm like, haven't I had a bad enough night? I'm going to bed. And then I went to sleep. Yeah. But just so that, just so you know, Ralph, I just sent a laughing emoji at the whole thing. Cause after that was that Thursday video. night. Do you have any idea how many sweats happened between Thursday and now for how me to forget live? about that? How do you live the <laughs> life you live? <laughs> like, like, I can't, you just see one game stressful. Like this is no, so your life is stressful it to make me feel alive. Yeah, just awful. Yeah. I'm with Ralph yeah. on this one, Ari. I have a yeah. lot of questions. All right, Michigan's uh, laying Michigan and their Nikon camera laying 24 points <laughs> on the road at Michigan State. Ralph is taking the points because he's taking points at every game. No, <laughs> no, no, not no. this one. Not in this one. <laughs> uh, like I can't, I cannot figure out how could you not pick them? They cheated. I mean, which is even more reason. All the cheating is done. Probably the cheating is Michigan already. minus 24. They already know the signals. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, this one I'll, I don't think Michigan State has any. I don't know. Like, what what can I expect out of Michigan State? I know Make Michigan this line State, like this, fifty. <laughs> this is usually the game that brings the best out of Michigan State, but I just don't know what the best out of Michigan State is. There's nothing like, left what, there, what, man. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's they're left done. There. They're cooked for the year. Yes. 
Um, alt line, alt line city. Ride that Michigan alt line. We've been pre- we've been preaching this for weeks. It's been paying off every single week. <laughs> okay, real quick, let's go around the world. Um, my poor parents are in the other room. They just came back from an overseas flight. They're gonna hear me cackling in here. What's your guys's <laughs> lock of the week? I will start. Yeah, please. Ari, do. I look, I look up on my phone. Who leads the nation in rushing touchdowns, Ari? That is not also running the triple option. Do you know who that is? I don't know. Am I supposed to? It is Brennan Marion's go-go offense at UNLV hosting oh. State this weekend. Give me the UNLV team total over 35 and a half. These guys are killing it. And then they have Barry Odom, who loves to rush three and drop eight. And that will shut down a lot of the intermediate routes that Colorado State loves to run, maximize some possessions. UNLV low-key killing it. Our colleague Bruce Feldman has written about them a little bit. Brennan Marion, man, I love his offense. Uh, a really bright offensive mind. Shout out to the running Rebs, who are indeed running and are indeed quite rebellious this year. Uh, shout out to UNLV. That's my lock of the week. Team total over 35 and a half against Colorado State. So I'll go um, – so Baylor had that one win against UCF. And I think that's obscuring. Win. We're going to call that win. That's obscuring <laughs> quite just how bad Baylor might be. Yes. They are at Cincinnati this week. I saw the line at three and a half. It started at one and a half, and I think it's gone up to three and a half now. Good sign. Yeah, Baylor can't block, though. And the best part, I think, I don't think Cincinnati is that great, but the best part of Cincinnati is its interior defensive line with Dante Corleone and a couple of other dudes they got there. So, yeah, I'll go. I'll take Cincinnati at home, and just on the assumption that like Baylor, I don't think they've got it figured out. And if, if you take that UCF game off them, like this is probably like a seven point game. Mm-hmm. And they were down by twenty eight. It's a good good UCF. segue for my lock of the week. I'm going to lay eighteen in the Oklahoma game, playing UCF this week. I think the barrel, the bottom's falling out of UCF. Oklahoma's riding really one. high. I think they're just going to put the screws to them. So that, that's Only my. Back, though? Are we done? Uh, I am. Not 100% certain about that, and I don't know that it matters. Be careful about Oklahoma post, uh, post Red River, Ari. I'm just saying. Hey, what a week off. Just, yeah, they but had plenty careful. of time to, to get healthy, yeah. recentered. They're at home. They're playing against a team that's lost three straight, including giving up a 50 burger to Kansas. I just I think that they're they're cooked for the year. Um, also, too, Bowling Green minus seven and a half is a really, really attractive play that I've stolen from somebody else. I played this one big. Bowling Green is a covering machine this year. Go check it out. Okay. Um, what? And do you have a sickos game of the week, Ralph? I do. What's um, your sickos game of the week? Northwestern at Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Nebraska is like minus 11, which seems insane. Wow. So, um, oh, see, now, see, I was busy. So I, I threw my notes away. Uh, the kids, the kid's first name, the quarterback for Nebraska, Harburg, Harburg, Heinrich Harburg, yes, Heinrich Harburg, Heinrich. I'm yes. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Heinrich. Wouldn't that that kid would be all Big Eight if he was playing in like 1983? Yeah. Like he would, he is like the the all Big Eight quarterback at Nebraska from the 70s and 80s. Now that doesn't work in today's Nebraska. I, and I don't know really, I, you know, I'll take Nebraska to win the game. I, I just, you know, I, I, though, again, like minus 11, I don't know. That's probably a bit much there, but I'm going to go as my, that's just my sickos game. Like I, I'm, I'm all in on seeing what happened. The other thing too, is like, 
Nebraska wins that game. Now they're at four wins. And all of a sudden, like, this is a big game for Nebraska if you can sort of see a path towards having a season that is something to build on for Matt Rule as opposed to, like, hey, man, we're just digging out of a hole still. Yeah. I don't know how it gets any worse than those two guys. I, I'm trying to top your your sickles of the week. One that came up was Wake and Pitt. I just I, I feel like I just couldn't stand to watch that game. <laughs> like I just like, is there another reason to it's like is it on a CW? I, I don't know what it channel is. it's on. It is. Yeah, no, it's on ACC Network. Ah, uh, but right. it's uh, I just like there is nothing compelling about that to me at all. It was just an ACC championship. I know, I know. It's just like, God. What happened? All right, I think I think we've gone long enough. Um, All right, we do got to give a shout out. We're our our Matt friend in the chat. We got to throw some love on Toledo and Miami. I had this on the list, and I said Ari's going to try to skip it, and he did. Oh well, I mean, we went an hour and fifteen minutes. I know, but Ari, I know you hate all non-G, all the non-P5 teams. Not true. I love P5. If they don't have a national championship in the last ten years, just get these people out. They should be set on fire and sent into like the worst. Just get them out of my playoff race. Just get them out. (laughs) I don't want to. Toledo has been. They're allowed on the Titanic. They're just not getting on the boats. Okay. (laughs) Toledo has not been as great as we thought they were going to be, but DeQuan Finn, Jason Candle, they get it done here. Uh, And Miami has been. Has been cooking a little bit, cooking in some kitchens that they might not have uh, might not have earned entrance to. So Toledo writes the ship, big win here on the road. Yeah. Really good offense. Can, can Jason Candle ever get out of Toledo? Is he just stuck there forever? I mean, go be the next be go be the next OC at Colorado when Sean Lewis gets a head coach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we already he's, like he's considered that. He considered Miami. He considered yeah. OC at Miami. So we're in year one of a of a coach literally leaving. Uh, a Mac head coaching job to go try to become a head coach somewhere else because that wasn't a good path. And I wonder if that's just kind of the way it's going to be now. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, hell Kent state was a really fun team to watch while Sean Lewis was there and yeah. that wasn't good enough for him to get a job somewhere. So, okay. Yeah. Any other points before I sign us off? I just want to be sensitive to your time, Ralph. I care a lot about you and what you yes. have going on. Listen, I'm I'm as much a part of the reason why it runs long because I got a big mouth and like to talk, mm-hmm. but I love being with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This was a ton of fun, and maybe next time it will will we won't have breaking news right before we're supposed. And to I think that we I went love- through an hour and fifteen minutes of talking to each other without a single re- legitimate argument, which is like <laughs> got to be a world record. Like we we so. didn't we didn't disagree. We might have disagreed on size, but no like real like arguing with each other. Although which is- Ralph. Ari hates all turnover props also. Where do you stand on turnover props? No, I don't hate them. I just – I don't You'll know. You'll hate them, Ari. It wouldn't I'm be the thing him. that I would cling my brand to. I just think that there are more bad ones than good ones. But maybe the bad ones are also good. Is there something good about a bad turnover prop? Like, I think a lot of I them love them like, all. They're like I love them all like my children. I, don't I just think know. that, like, there should be no penalties for over-celebration. Oh, and God. Then if you get, and if you get that. props on that – like, could you imagine like having like a touchdown chainsaw where you could like like bring, bring it onto the field, onto the field and they go with the go like that's what well, we what, should be who like. Is it? Is it which which ACC team is it that does the sledgehammer about the with the rock? This is your field, bud, not mine. No, there's a team. There's an ACC team that does they they get a team's logo carved in a rock in the or like a piece of cement in the locker. That's room Florida State. That's Florida yes, State. Florida and they State. bury it and then they bury it. I believe yeah, that's a graveyard for it. I right? would like to see. I would like to see a team after scoring like a touchdown if they can just bring the sledgehammer and the rock 
on the sidelines and smash it in each game and just have the rocks. Yeah, have your starting flying. quarterback tear his rotator cuff in the middle yes. of the game. That'd be great. I'm into it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning into the latest edition of Until Saturday. Be sure you're following the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll be notified when new episodes are up. Um, if you're watching live on the YouTube channel, also be sure to subscribe to the uh, audio feed because we're not always live, only three times a week. Uh, we appreciate uh, five-star reviews, ratings, shares, comments, all those things that you can do to help the show continue to grow. Certainly certainly greatly appreciated. If you want to participate in the Sunday Sound Off show once a week with your voicemails, please leave one at 316-462-9852. Again, that is 316-462-9852. If you have a question, you can also text that number. Uh, for Ralph Russo, who I'm internally grateful for, Dave Hubbin, that was the latest edition of Until Sunday.